Welcome to Radical Rocks. I'm your host Shane. Today we have a very exciting episode, Season 2, Episode 131. All right. I was looking at radical rocks. There were fossils, minerals, and rocks. And so much more, guys. Today, we have got a ton of good stuff for you. Tube Agate from Idaho. We've got the latest on Mars. You know, there could be a spa up there anytime now. Dino Park. Also, Ankylosaurus Discovery. Minnesota agates, how to find them, how we get metals, how we get them from the minerals, turn them into metals, and if we have time, we'll go over some good gemstones to invest in, and uh, so much more. guys you know what we have got a lot of information for you today i want to thank everybody for coming over to radicalrocks.com you can scroll down to the bottom of the page we've got me we we're on parlor we're on facebook we've got a few blogs we've got youtube videos and of course you can pick up this podcast on any major podcast we're in over 50 countries now and getting quite a few downloads so if you could subscribe to those things and like and share you will help us keep rock hounding alive uh, if you haven't heard our goal is to keep rock hounding alive we do volunteer things we give a lot of our proceeds to different community events and outreaches and the long-term goal is to even have some property secured for prospecting uh, light uh, collecting of rocks and minerals so go ahead and jump over there to Radical Rocks and be a part of that if you would be so kind and share it that also helps so last week I was looking for um, to talk to you guys about the 20 most expensive gemstones and uh, kind of lost those that information that I had for you. But if you go to Newsweek.com, the article under Culture is 20 Most Expensive Gemstones by Tom Fish. And they've got a little video there where you can actually watch that if that's the type of media that you enjoy. And talking about these rare rocks, we've gone over these different lists of rare gemstones many times before. It's always a favorite. So we're going to do that a little bit today. Now, these gemstones that are mentioned are supposed to be worth the most amount of money. Um, they're talking money in euros quite a bit. 160 million or 188 million, I guess, would be in U.S. money. But the black diamond, when you look at this baby, uh, per carat, is 3000 to five thousand dollars and that's just the first carat you know when you go the second carat it, it goes up a lot lot more and i'll give you an example 
and I'll tell you a little bit more about black diamonds. They're very rare, they're very expensive, and they're colored because of graphite. The graphite is infused under intense heat and pressure, and there was an 88-carat, 57-faceted Korloff Nor was believed to be the, the world's largest known black diamond, reportedly is insured for some $37 million. Now, the we've talked about this garnet, beautiful green garnet, demanitoid garnet, for some $3,300 it sold. It was, uh, this green garnet was only discovered in 1868 in Russia's Ural Mountains, and the demanitoid garnets are extremely rare and valuable. Smithsonian has one that's 11, almost 11 and a quarter, 11.24 carat, um, Demantroid that was discovered in the 1990s and thought to be worth in the region of $37,000. That's a lot of money for a garnet. Now, black opal, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, $3,500 is not much, but uh, that is the thought per carat of really spectacular black opal. Legend claims opals are created by trapping lightning lightning. But they're actually formed when water and silicon dioxide leak into natural faults in the earth. So it's actually water trapped in there. Beautiful. One of the specimens that is probably the most expensive is thought to be Halley's Comet, the largest black opal, reportedly been available for $1.6 million. Now, bentonite, uh, about $4,000, only mined in California in St. Benton's County. Bentonite is blue to a bluish-purple gemstone made of aluminum oxide and magnesium, iron, and zinc. And the largest faceted bentonite stone is 7.7 carats. Very hard to get one over one carat. Displayed at the Smithsonian Museum could be worth about $30,800. Ruby, about $4,500. Um, Named from the Latin ruber, red, ruby, like sapphires, is made of corundum, very hard. Some of the best and most expensive are from Burmese. Um, Natural color, natural fluorescent, glows from within. On May 12, 2015, Sotheby's um, auctioned off one of the world's biggest rubies named Sunrise Ruby at $30.8 million U.S. dollars for this 25.59 carat stunner. Musgravite, we've talked about this one recently too, some $6,000 per carat. Um, And mind you, that's just the first carat. Uh, An extremely rare gem. Until recently, only eight stones were thought to exist. The world's largest musgravite is heart-shaped 16-carat stone, which recently sold for $800,000. You think it might be even more, just because it's so rare. Now, this sapphire, um, the pronunciation of this particular sapphire, I always have a trouble with, Padperesia sapphire. I kind of had someone help me say it last week, and they're not here now, so... Anyway, this uh sapphire is sold in 2017 for about $2.5 million. It is a pink sapphire, very pretty. 
um, and has been uh, in the palace at Buckingham Palace and made its way around royalties. Bixbite, another very beautiful, expensive red stone in a cube, long, elongated cube formation in its natural state. Gem quality, it is known as red burl. This can be found in Utah, by the way. It's so rare, rubies are considered about 8,000 times more common. Museum quality red burl went on the market for an estimated 80 to hundred thousand dollars in 2014. Now, parabola tourmaline we've talked about too. This one goes for ten thousand to twenty thousand dollars per carat. It is a beautiful blue color that uh, is very rare because of the electric uh, azure hues or blue hues that uh, they like in designer jewelry. The most expensive example of uh, parabola tourmaline is in a pair of earrings that sold for two. $2.78 million at Christie's auction in 2018. Man, that would be one earring that you would be depressed if you lost. Now, Alexandrite, this is uh, one of my favorite. Very good, nice color change stone. Uh, up until about 1830, it was not very well found. It can average about $12,000 per carat, but uh, can vary greatly very hard to find a one carat or larger stone of this i've got a third carat i'm pretty happy i'm pretty proud of and that uh those are hard to get too um they're not cheap one of the most expensive alexandrites is a 21.41 carat alexandrite which sold for 1.4 million dollars at christie's auction in 2014 now to half fiend or tay fafine Oh, excuse me, Tefinite, Tefinite, something like that. Uh, we've talked about this one too, $15,000, one of the rarest gemstones. Only 50 are known to exist. It's spelled T-A-A-F-F-E-I-T-E, Tefinite. Anyway, this beautiful pale pink 5.34 carat stone sold for some $20,000 in 2018. Now, Serendibite goes for $18,000, this black gemstone, uh, mostly uh, silica. Very seldom, almost never found in gemstone quality. The largest uh, one of these stones belongs to the Oprah, Oprah collection and weighs 140 carats and could be worth approximately $2.5 million. Diamonds, of course, are on the list, but if you have a completely clear diamond... With a perfect clarity and color, no color basically, it can go up to $18,000 per carat. The most expensive diamond ever um, was 163.41 carats. This is one that uh, was sold and cost $33.7 million at a 2017 Christie's auction. Emerald, $18,000 for some really stunners. Uh, this is a green, very green, um, green-blue hue. Emeralds are more expensive uh, than the same quality of diamond. The Rockefeller Emerald is the most expensive emerald ever sold by weight, selling for $5.51 million. Then we have Granditerite, which sells for $20,000 a carat. It's very rare. Only 1 in 1,000 stones of these blue-green beauties are of gem quality. The granddaddy of them all 
uh, weighs 764 carats. The stone could be valued up and above $15 million. Jadeite can be up to $20,000 if it's spectacular rare grade. Um, Jadeite is a rarest variety of jade, highly sought after by collectors, especially in China. The most expensive one was 27 beads. In 2014, it sold for $27.44 million. Wow, who knew jadeite was that valuable? Um, painite is fifty dollars to $60,000. And this one is proving to be one of uh, the very rarest ones uh, that you can find as far as rarity. But... Uh, only three stones were ever known until 2001, making this brownish-orange red rock the rarest gemstone ever. The most expensive uh, weighs 213.52 carats and could be worth over $12 million, almost $13 million. Blue diamond's always a favorite. 52000 52, to $300,000 per carat. Um, boy... If they are dark, beautiful, blue, uh, of high quality, these are extremely rare. One blue diamond, the Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer was a vivid blue stone for $57.5 million, and that sold way back in 2016. For a stunning pink value of high quality and clarity, $700,000 per carat and up is not, not out of the ballpark. Flawless pink star diamond set the world record in 2017 as the most expensive diamond ever sold when it was sold for $71.2 million at Sotheby's. But the, the granddaddy, the queen of all the gemstones, uh, is the red diamond, $1 million per carat. Very few have been found in a handful of mines, and uh, very, very few are more than a carat. The rarest one is the Malsif Red Diamond, and it weighs 5.11 carats, and it is thought to be worth some $20 million. So those are your most expensive gemstones. Now, we're going to talk about some gemstones that are a great investment, too. But in Idaho, they are using helicopters they are flying over the southeastern parts of Idaho by the Salmon region and using this to find out here in the gym state what they can do. The University of Idaho in Moscow is looking at a 1,200 square mile area, looking at radiometric signatures, magnetic signatures, doing these low-level flights over Idaho's cobalt belt in the regions of Salmon National Forest to find out about cobalt, minerals, copper, rare earths, and ancient rock layers uh, at a deeper level to find out if some of these uh, strategic metals and minerals can be found in this area. There should be some good information coming out of those studies. If you want to find out about that, you can just go to the University of Idaho's news site at uidaho.edu and look up what they're doing in the geologist section, the geology section. Now, how do we get our metals? Uh, in Mining 101 at mustreadalaska.com, you can see the article there from a senior contributor on 
Mining 101, How to Get Metals. And Mark Hamilton here shares with us a lot of details about the mining here. Uh, first, they, of course, they have to get rid of the overburden. This can be removed with uh, equipment or can be blasted out of the way and cleared and they get rid of those big rocks. Trucks get rid of those. Um, if they are valuable and contain the ore, they can be taken to the crushers and crushed up where uh, into smaller pieces where the minerals can be extracted. They can be get grinded down into these small particles to with steel balls or giant uh, steel uh, mill to crush them and pound them down into pieces. They use a lot of water to rinse through and get the lighter material off and uh, they sometimes use flotation to float off minerals that uh, they don't want or that they do want and uh, then they use like a washer just like washing a clothes and uh, scrub this and get this dirt and they use different chemicals and stuff to dissolve away the undesirable minerals or sometimes to dissolve the minerals that are desirable and float those away where they can bring them back into a solid at a later time or discard them if they are not wanted. For gold, um, they're looking to get the gold and they're hoping to get uh, from this solution about 10% gold out of it um, if at the best. After they've thinned it down, washed out the lighter stuff and got these heavy concentrates in this situation. Um, the tailings are what's left over and uh, those uh, sometimes need to uh, be rinsed or uh, neutralized due to the acid and different things that they use. This article is about how they do it in Alaska and uh, doesn't go into a whole lot of detail but they talk about this basic process of crushing and uh, using this uh, cyanide uh, type process to kind of uh, melt the gold out. But uh, they can actually not have to use this if they crush it to a fine enough powder. Um, they can float out a lot of stuff and help extract the gold and... Um, do it in that fashion instead of using the cyanide. Now, this is an interesting word. Um, basically, have you ever looked up in the clouds? And I just did this the other day with my kids. We were looking up at the clouds and seeing pictures. And then in the evening, we looked up at the stars and you, you see traced out things. You see the Big Dipper or you see the Bull Taurus or you see the Crab or you know, the different constellations that you can see. Um, but you can do this with stones. So a lot of people go to the Crater of the Diamonds Park in um, Arkansas to dig diamonds. Well, while you're passing your time, um, this article here at txktoday.com says, Find mesmerizing mimethyls at the Crater of the Diamonds, written by Raymond Cox. So I'm like, okay, I am having a horrible time trying to pronounce this word. So I put it on my Word document, and I did read aloud spell check. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have it read for you so you can hear how it pronounces it. See, hopefully it will. Oh, I got to turn the volume back up because I turned it 
I turned the volume down after the song. So let me reconcile that. Oops, yep, it's at zero. So we'll reconcile that. And we will try it again. Here it goes. Mime delicts. Mime delicts. It's like the T is silent when they say it. So do it again. Come on. Mime delicts. So that's... That is the word for looking into an object of nature, such as clouds or rocks, and looking to see, oh, that looks like a dog or an elephant or a dragon or, you know, we see a lot of crocodiles and uh, uh, swirls and things like that. So while you're digging through these stones looking for um, your diamonds, there is some jasper that you can find at the park there. Um, and you can look at it, and they have some very unusual shapes and designs. Um, some people call them potato rocks because they kind of look like a potato, I guess. And uh, they can have bands of red, green, white uh, that look like landscapes. Uh, there's also sandstones and other things. Diffuse spots of mag magnanese can appear as fossilized ferns or volcanic ash, uh, which we call dendrites. Also, weathering can change some of these designs and make ha uh, cracks and holes that might look like a face of uh, a creature or a person or something like that. Even the diamonds can be these mandelix uh, with their triangular shapes. They could look like a dog tooth or a spike or a shark tooth. Uh, one tourist from... Uh, Irving, Texas, found a 3.11 carat diamond that resembled the carcass of President Dwight Eisenhower. Okay. In 2015, another visitor from Missouri found a 2.29 carat gem that looked like the head of a scowling goblin. Oh boy, joy. So you never know what you'll find, right? So this is just the point is, is that you can use your little imagination. I think this is really good when you bring kids with you. But we've all got a yard rock, okay? I know people, any rock with the shape of a heart, they love it. Or if you have a Z in your name or a letter and there's a rock that looks like it has that letter on it, you gotta have it, right? Or some sort of a special line or a little crystal cavity or, you know, it might not be a gemstone that you're gonna cut and polish and make into something spectacular. Um, but... It just is calling to you because it's different and it has something that you relate to and you like and you take it. So that's something fun to pass on. Now, five tips for finding agates in Minnesota is coming up in a minute. Want to do a little bit of fossil news. 160 million year old Ankylosaurus grows spikes from its ribs. Oldest known dinosaur dinosaur rather featuring body armor at sciencetimes.com they talk about this ankylosaurus if you remember your dinosaur toys when you were a kid this thing kind of looked like an armadillo um, or kind of like maybe a horny toad with a club tail on the end um, now the stegosaurus he had a club tail too with spikes on it but this guy was smaller he was always the smallest dinosaur in the kit um, walked on all fours well what they're saying is that they have armor, but they found these ones in Africa that have these spikes coming out of their back. So this could be a different variety. Um, at first, when I was reading it, some of the spikes, the biggest spikes are like four to like seven inches tall. So this creature, um, I couldn't find anything how big it was. I looked at a couple articles about it, but I do believe that it's smaller. It's not huge. I don't think it's much bigger than... Uh, 
I don't think it's even as big as a rhino or anything like that. It's not the giantest creature of the dinosaur. Now, I could be wrong, but uh, it said um, the smallest one was two inches and the largest one was four inches. Okay, so four inches. It's a meat-eating pteropod, and um, this is the first one they found with spikes on its back. And they have an interesting um, video here, how Ankylosaurus got its clubs. If you're interested in reading all that uh, theory and hoopla about that stuff, and you don't mind it, the story changing every um, couple months. <laughs> like here's one, 23,000 year old human footprints found in White Sands, New Mexico at the dailyguardian.net by um, Vernon Shorts. About two days ago, he popped this article out. They've got these uh, pictures of these footprints. They're clearly clay and mud. Um, and they've discovered these quite a while ago. These They just keep looking at them and looking at them and theorizing, theorizing. But uh, they're made up of, of the sands. So, uh, you know, they've dated this thing and redated it. And now they're trying to say it's this old. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, it says this building uh, with historic architectures mimic those of indigenous people built in the Works Administration in 1939 and 1943. This is where they first started to find um, what they felt was evidence of ancient man. They found footprints of saber-toothed tigers, giant wolf, mammoth, and other Ice Age animals. So Obviously, it does appear that there was man around the same time that uh, we had these other, um, not ancient dinosaurs, but more modern um, dinosaurs. Because we know they're modern because the meat's so fresh you can still eat it when they find these creatures thawed out um, in these different uh, ice areas that uh, thaw out from time to time. So, I mean... It seems kind of unlikely that uh, the meat could be stored for uh, tens of thousands of years to me, but that's their hypothesis. Now, Mars, always lots of good news on Mars, uh, always interesting. I just recently read that uh, on the moon, they've, they're looking at these different rocks, and I've heard this discussion many times before over the last few years that they've got minerals where they can make um, and regenerate air or fuel and things like that. But on Mars, of course, they're looking for life and they feel that they found it. I think they're going to open a spa on Mars because they found Epsom salt. And you know Epsom salt is really good to soak in, great for your body. But they found a rock that has an arc. It says the Curiosity rover discovers a mysterious stone arc on Mars. I'm like, wow, you know, what is it? Is it the Ark of the Covenant? Is it is it an arc that, like in Arizona, a huge towering arc? Um, it ends up, it's just a few inches big, and um, they feel like, oh, you know, these shouldn't be here because uh, there's no water, there's no this, there's no that. So it just gives them more information to talk about. It's at newscollective.co.nz, and uh, uh, Geneva Davis, Davison is credited with the article here talking about the laboratories and the drilling and the clay areas and this little arc that they found in the rock. Some people said uh, it, was, it was reported a few weeks ago as something that looked like a DNA, um, but it's just uh, erosion from water and whatnot else. 
up in that area at the Gale Crater, a very dusty and windy place, just like Arizona where arcs are. Um, it is a small stone made of somewhat corrosive resistant materials around other materials that uh, apparently did corrode and that's how the hole got ate into the middle. So another interesting thing on Mars. Now, making stones sparkle um, or seeing stones that sparkle. This article I couldn't get into all the way, but uh, they were at the epictimes.com. You have to subscribe to it. Victor Block talks about stones of all kinds make uh, visit sparkle. And they're talking again about uh, this museum in Arkansas where there was a five foot tall crystal called the Holy Grail. And uh, it said the, in they shift through a pile of dirt in western Maine looking for gemstones. And then they go to visit uh, Kentucky and all sorts of other stuff on their trip. So all kinds of places to visit that you can look up and get gemstones. In um, fact, the picture says they're in North Carolina, not even Arkansas. So this is a story about them going across the country to different gemstone locations. Take the time to do that. If you've got a little warm weather left, this is your last chance before winter sets in. And then, folks, we got to head to the deserts to do our um, gemstone mining to... Uh, the western coast where the deserts will be uh, really great temperatures in Arizona, California, Nevada. Um, beware of flash floods and things like that when you do that. Um, South Idaho may be a little bit cold in the winter. That may or may not be on your list. You'll have to keep an eye on the weather. Now we want to give tribute to Jim Mallory uh, who was born in 1942, passed away this year, 79 years old, of Huntley, Montana. Um, he was a rockhound and a lapidary person and uh, spent their winters in Arizona, like we were just talking about. Great time to be there, and may he enjoy uh, rockhounding and gym collecting in heaven. And uh, many uh, good thoughts to his family and friends. Now, the Chamberlain Dinosaur Fossil Theme Playground. This this is an article, if you live near an area of Chamberlain, this could be in Arkansas or Washington or Illinois. Um, you people who write these articles, newsbreak.com, you really need to let us know what state you're in sometimes because uh, it, it could even be um, South Dakota. In fact, maybe it is South Dakota because I think there is a fossil park there that I remember. It says it's... Uh, uh, they received a $25,000 grant from the Wellmark Foundation in the city of Chamberlain to construct a fossil playground. Now, it has these beautiful fossils, Ichosaurus, it looks like, and other dinosaurs that are there. Uh, great for the kids. If you are in that area, the article's written by Sam Fosness at newsbreak.com. You can check that out. I do think it might be South Dakota now that I'm thinking about it. All right. What about some beautiful tube agate from Idaho. Man, tube attic, uh, tube onyx, that is. I'm telling you, this stuff is the bomb. I just posted a geo that was cut in half that had like these, it looked like tubes um, of flower, you know, burst all the way around the edges of the agate that I posted on, uh, I think, Facebook and also on MeWe. This thing 
I just love tube agate. A lot of it comes out of Turkey, but to know that we have some of this in Idaho is really cool. She found this huge piece, um, Bill Telbar, and uh, who's the lady's name? Doesn't say her name, but the article's by Bill Shunishk, and it is at eastidahonews.com. Kind of getting a tongue twister here. I apologize. I do one take, one roll. Um, that's the way I do it. So until I am able to uh, sell enough rocks and gemstones to do full time, I've got limited time. So it's one take, one one go every time, guys. Unbelievable. But that's what I do for the podcast. I'm sorry. Um, it's the best we can do for now. But at the Bonneville County Fairgrounds, they've got uh, admission was $3. That's probably already over. Um, says it's up, upcoming. I didn't even notice this before. I mostly just read about the rock. Beautiful. Um, you got to see this agate. They also have this really cool um, chair with rocks embedded in it. Unfortunately, some people are kind of picking some of the rocks out. Some of the dedicated rock hounds are trying to keep them in there. It's the IFGMS bench. And, uh, there's rocks all over it. The sides look like the state of Idaho, and then you sit on the bench. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, there's just so many beautiful gemstones in central uh, and southeast Idaho in the Treasure Valley that uh, you would have to get really together with the gem and mineral clubs so that you would know where to go. Because if you don't, um, you're going to spend a lot of time looking for it. So... There you go. Check it out. Unique tube agate from central Idaho. Several large pieces have been found by members of the club with David and Connie Anderson collecting a huge 146-pound piece. Small pieces of this agate in slabs and polished pieces will be at the October sale, so it's not too late. As you visit the Idaho Falls Greenbelt, you can find the IFGMS bench, which is the the uh, Idaho Falls Greenbelt Mineralogical Society on the Snake River across from the Idaho Falls Recreation Center. So there's everything you need to know right there, guys. Idaho Falls Greenbelt Mineralogical Society. Look them up. Join that club. Be a part of that. You, even if you don't live in the area, if you're planning on coming up here, for sure, I would join that club and... Um, get the information, you know, from those members and find out when their trips are and go with them on those trips because they're going to go right where the great spots are. Stones of all kinds make visits sparkle. Um, travels writers. So I think that's not a particular individual. Victor Block, he wrote it. It's at creators.com. He's talking about several different states. It's like they go on this trip. I think I got a glimpse of that article earlier when I was telling you about the five-foot-tall uh, five crystal called the Holy Grail. That was in Arkansas. Um, they were celebrating their 40th birthday. And, um, yeah, that was their first stop, I guess. They had other stops where they went to mineral and rock shops and were buying stuff, going to the see the history and tourism spots to find out about official state gemstones. Uh, that's also advice for you. If you're going to go to a certain stone or a certain stone, a certain state, find out about it. Find out about their minerals. Find out about where their rock and gems 
are, find out where their museums are, if they have a geological or mineral um, display that you can see. And you can sometimes even buy them in their gift shops. So Arkansas's official state mineral is quartz. And then the gem is a diamond. And uh, just something else, man. There's really a lot going on there. We've talked about Arkansas many times. You can pay to hunt in different mines. If you do the research, you can find this all over the country. In Maine, they went through some tailings in Maine and they found uh, tourmaline. Tourmaline is found in over 60 locations in the state and is a feature of the Maine Mineral and Gym Museum in Bethel. Um, also, gold in the hills of Maine. A lot of people didn't know that. Coos Canyon, C-O-O-S, deep gorge on the western Maine. Gold was discovered in the 1800s. You can go there and maybe pan a couple pieces out. You can go there and pan. There's equipment and instruction available at uh, the Coos Canyon area. You can dig in the Maine Gym's West Paris or take field trips to nearby mines for uh, tourmaline and gold. Tourmaline, you can go at the Dig Main Gyms in West Paris. Uh, people who live in Camden, Tennessee, or near Texas, or near uh, Kentucky, rather, can go learn about their official gyms. There's freshwater pearls there, uh, mollusk, which uh, creates these pearls. Also, natural pearls in streams all over uh, Kentucky Lake, Tennessee River, Freshwater Pearl Museum. You can go to the Freshwater Museum. You can go to the uh, Gemstone Freshwater Pearl from Kentucky at Kentucky Lake, if I didn't already mention that. Smoky Quartz. New Hampshire is known as the Granite State. Um, you can go to New Hampshire, buy a granite countertop. Sounds kind of heavy. I don't know if I'd want to be dragging that around on my vacation. They make fire pits. Um, all sorts of things are made out of granite there. I wouldn't be bringing a big piece of granite back. Turquoise. Um, beautiful turquoise, of course. If you go to turquoise, uh, state of Arizona, you can find all kinds of stuff. Turquoise is very popular. Um, you can go to... Uh, Kingman, and they have um, much turquoise there. I can even hook you up with someone if you want to go turquoise mining. He will charge you a fee. I guarantee it will be worth it. Um, if you're interested in that, just uh, go to my website and send me an email. I'll let you know who that gentleman is. Um, what else? California, you can go gold. Um, emeralds and rubies in North Carolina. Always can be found. There's pay-to-dig places there. There's parks in the Northwest where you can dig petrified wood. Also in Washington and Mississippi. Those are uh, the designated gemstone for Washington and Mississippi is petrified wood. There is a Mississippi petrified forest near Flora. It's a national landmark, but you can go there and look. So all sorts of things. They've got all the websites here where you can check it out. Um, Arkansas.com, VisitMaine.com, uh, InVacation.com, KentuckyTourism.com, and so on and so forth. Very easy to look up and start finding these areas. Also, like I always tell you, look up the local gym and mineral clubs. Unprecedented dinosaur fossil 
totally weird spikes. We talked about that. This is a secondary article about that. Um, I did have an article on investing in gemstones. Let me see. I think I can pull it back up. And we will conclude with that. If it pulls up. Here we go. Five gemstones for investment purposes. Now, I'm not giving you investment um, recommendations, but if you go to India.com, that's the article. You can look it up and look at what they recommend. I will tell you what they recommend, and then you can make your own decision. Of course, we talked about a lot of those. Oh, excuse me. We talked about a lot of those already. I think I need some coffee. Uh, the ruby. You got to get the ruby. Burma rubies are the best. If you can buy one, buy the biggest, best quality you can from a decent um, vendor. Make sure he's reputable, a reputable jeweler. Buying loose gemstones is a great investment. You can store these at a bank uh, vault very easily where they're safe. Um, cashmere blue sapphire, another one. Wow. Alexandrite color change. We talked about that. You know, if you can get a one carat or bigger one of those in high quality, I used to have a really good contact for that stuff. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I still got a hold of him, but uh, there's a really good contact I had for that. Uh, no oil emeralds. Yeah, from uh, Panna, P A N N A. Also, the sapphire I was telling you about, the Pad Paradisia. It's P A D P A R A D S H A sapphires. These are those ones that are um, pink and orange. Very beautiful. You want those things. The more pink they are, of course, the more valuable they're going to be. So, those are some of the top gemstones that you can invest in. Guys, I'm going to be working on a garnet video, um, maybe today. Let's see what time it is. I'm going to try to do it today. It probably won't be out for a few days, but these are the garnets we dug in Idaho. I'm going to be processing those. Come on down to our YouTube. We're trying to get 1,000 um, subscribers um, by the end of October, so if you could help us do that. We're only a couple hundred away or so, and uh, encourage your friends to sign up and join. You could help keep rock hounding alive. Remember, rock hounds don't die, they petrify.